IATSE Local 212 represents over 1,000 artists, technicians, and craftspeople working in Southern Alberta's entertainment industry. In the screen industry, they service projects with budgets ranging from $100,000 to $100 million. Recent increases to local production volumes have led to increased outreach and training. They promote respectful workplaces, safety, fairness, and first-rate benefits for their members. Local 212 is open to partnering with other industry stakeholders on training and marketing initiatives. They offer an informative set etiquette course each month, which is open to all. To learn more about them, please check out their website at iatse212.com or like and follow them on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Happy podcasting! Hey, welcome to the Alberta Filmmakers Podcast. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm you're, Matt Waterworth. I'm I'm Scott Westby. Yes, you are. Uh, and you're Matt. We've, we've established this. Yeah. We uh, can go over it again. No. I'm sure they won't be bored by that. I'm, th- I'm sure they're bored already. <laughs> uh, so we are Full Swing Productions, and every week we bring you news, tips, and interviews from the film, video, and digital media industries of Alberta. Yes. Uh, and our, we're on a mission to uh, connect the Alberta film community. Yeah. And get everyone talking and friends. For sure. Because we're all, you know, if you listen to Cowboys episode last week, then Mm -hmm. uh, you'll realize that we're all uh, in this together. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That was a good episode. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, So speaking of the news and and connecting people, uh, what's going on with with our new movie, Jonesin? Uh, Our new movie, Jonesin, which is uh, the one that we're shooting in September. Very excited about. Thanks to the... uh, Film Center's Project Lab. Yes. Uh, is We're just getting into our casting session for Alberta Actors. So this is a bit of an auditions call. Yeah, well, I mean... I would say. Yeah. yeah. I think if you, if, you, uh, if you have an agent, you're, uh, you may have already seen these, uh, the, our, the, the breakdown, as they call it. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, obviously, well, we haven't prepared for this. Where can people submit if they I don't want to submit? Mean, I, I mean, I suppose they could submit through the podcast. Yeah, uh, you or, know, to to get started, but yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, I, well, yeah, they need the breakdown. Yeah, the, yeah I guess that's uh, the issue, right? Is they need to know like what the hell we're casting. For. Yeah, are we going to post it? We I should mean, post it. Yeah, of this as we. As yeah, we we're, we're just talking about this right now. Let's. Uh, yeah, we'll post it through the through the podcast, and then we'll direct it to a full swing post. All right. Yeah, that's cool. a good way to do it. I think sure. Uh, so watch out for that. Yeah. But also, you know, if you have an agent, ask your agent. Um, Actor will be posting some details. Yes, I think yes. as well. Uh, and if you're not on breakdown. Uh, get on it, obviously. You yeah, it be. sounds like you you should be. I mean, I'm not an actor, but it, but it, I've seen it in action, and it seems pretty powerful. But if you're if you don't have an agent, yes, actor will also be sending it out. If you're an actor member, um, and if you're not, um, yeah, I guess look out for our our posting. There's there's a lot of diversity in these roles, um, so you know diverse actors are encouraged to audition, um, and we will be auditioning and shooting in Calgary. But um, of course, we we welcome anyone from around the entire province uh, to please submit. True. Yeah. True. We're looking for the best. Yes. All right. So uh, what is going on in the news? Uh, Telefilm uh, this week or last week, I guess, announced uh, brand new leadership. Uh, so uh, a woman named Krista Dickinson, uh, who was formerly the president and CEO of Interactive Ontario, uh, is the new executive director of Telefilm. And that will be starting on July 30th. This was big Canadian film news. <sighs> yeah, it was. I don't I know mean, about you, but it was like every, every everybody was talking about it. Every, yeah. Like a, yeah, I mean, Telefilm's a pretty, seven emails about it. Pretty important organization, and uh, to have a new executive director is obviously big news. So we look forward to uh, learning more about Krista as she steps into this role. Indeed, indeed. 
So uh, I guess that's all we have for the news. Or, oh no, there's one more thing. I'm, I almost missed it. The uh, the CMF North Ireland funding initiative has been announced. So this is a, a partnership with uh, uh, from the Canadian Media Fund with uh, Northern Ireland Screen, uh, announcing a TV and digital media funding incentive uh, to promote international co-production between the two countries. Cool. $200,000 will be made available for each of three years ending uh, 2020 to 2021. Uh, and CMF cool. welcomes producers in search of foreign partners to post a profile on their website. Um, so it sounds like uh, you it, the best Facebook page wins $200,000, I think. Is That's exactly what they're saying. Yeah. <laughs> best, yeah. Uh, there's a link in the show notes if you're interested in this. Um, but, uh, I mean, yeah, it sounds, sounds interesting. Yeah. If you have, um, if you have, you know, a story or you've been kind of thinking about an Irish Northern Ireland yeah, co-production, yeah. this is, uh, probably the way to go about getting that project made. So yeah, that's pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Let's get right into the guest. Cause I think this it was a bit of a longer conversation. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I think it is. Um, and the, uh, the, the, our guest is, uh, Greg from, uh, from whites. Yeah. And, uh, he's, he's an Alberta filmmaker and a guy we we've known and loved for a long time. Um, and really kind of, uh, sort of, I, I felt like kind of led the charge of new indie filmmakers when we were in school, he was, you know, he was kind of getting started. And then when we were kind of getting into the world, he was, I remember he was teaching, uh, like an independent production, mm. like producing workshop. And so mm. the guy, as you'll, as you'll discover, um, did his research and really knows his stuff. Um, and so here he is. <laughs> All right, here we are. Another edition of the Alberta Filmmakers Podcast. This is a long time coming, actually. We've been talking about getting you on for a long time. I think year one, Spencer did the yeah. first one. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. yeah that's trying right. Trying to line us up with something, and then I uh, left. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you want to get a little closer? Oh, uh, that would be great. Um, <clears throat> now, you have the title uh, over at William F. White's right now of Client Services Coordinator, Emerging Filmmakers slash Digital Content Creators. Yes. Now I want to talk all about William F. White's and, and your your job there, but there's kind of like two different areas here. You as a filmmaker, yes, and kind of you w- working with William F. White as a supporter of filmmakers. Uh, so I mean, tell us, you know, as we often start, what made you want to get into this business? How did this? How did that all start? Uh, as a filmmaker, um, I basically wasn't able to play basketball anymore. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> getting into high, getting into high school or. Finishing up high school, having to make a decision, uh, kind of too short for the uh, college stream. So okay. I needed to find something, and I didn't really want to spend a whole lot of time in classrooms. Right. Uh, so I like literally went uh, the year I graduated. I didn't really have a, a focus, so I did a one-week boot camp at the Gulf Islands Film and Television School. Oh, yeah. School. I remember cool. hearing about that. Is that still around? It's still around. Wow, cool. No, it's... it's uh, bunch of hippies and a bunch of trailers on bank on in the Gulf islands. But they, you know, we, 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 I didn't literally, I didn't do any filmmaking in school. Right. Uh, so it was kind of like coming from 10 years of, of very focused, uh, basketball and then stepping into something brand new. And wow. Interesting. We, yeah. It was, yeah, it was a bit of a, bit of a weird decision, but it was kind of, I kind of got hooked on that and then did a short film during that, uh, that week long boot camp, and then had kind of the flexibility still because some of the schools were not, uh, fully booked up, ended up 
catching a spot at the Victoria Motion Picture School. Oh, okay. Victoria, BC. Cool. And then uh, starting that, like, pretending to be a filmmaker with people that everyone else came in with like huge reels right and and, and years of high school filmmaking 101 etc right, right so of course yeah it was it, was, it, it kind of i didn't really want to do the office day job no stuff, of course although yeah, that's yeah. all that i end up doing <laughs> different <laughs> a different vein of it uh so so Victoria and then how did you end up in Calgary what's the Uh, I didn't want to go to I wanted to kind of work in the industry um went to Vancouver and didn't like the vibe uh Vancouver is I love Vancouver now uh but as that time walking in as a kid you wanted to be the guy who goes and I don't want to make a movie right and uh that was very hard to do when it was at that time Hollywood North it was booming it was like everyone was going there um, so it was kind of debating whether or not jumping into the, uh, to the stream in, in Vancouver. Uh, my brother followed the money, went to Calgary. I went out and visited him one summer and found uh, just on kind of a, a drive, saw a big building with Panavision and William F. White on the side. This is back when they were at the barracks. Right. Uh, it was empty. <laughs> it was, a uh, you know, middle of the week and I kind of popped in just to kind of go and see what it was all about and walked into the, walked onto the floor, met a guy who was working on something and just kind of, you know, threw it out there as I'm a filmmaker, you know, I'd, you, what do you do? And he says he works in the industry. So I said, you know, can I have your card? Would you be willing to work on an indie film? And he was like, yeah, of course. These are, you know, I, I got no problem. Here's my info. And he gave me his card and uh, I kind of went off and didn't really realize until I started working at White's, but that was Marty Keough, who's like one of the top yeah. gaffers in it's Alberta and yeah. Western Canada. Yeah. yeah. And uh, North America even. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it was just the personality base was what drew me there. And then I started looking at trying to find what to do and uh, ended up basically cold calling all the production companies and then kind of stumbled into an internship taking over an Ampia internship because somebody who was on an Ampia internship was getting fired for not being uh, very friendly with the producer. So ah. I had to kind of basically tell him I was in town. I was back in Nanaimo, BC at this point, but I kind of told him I lived in Alberta and uh, they said <laughs> I could come in and do it. So it took about a week to get it all squared up, but we were ended, we ended up uh, making the leap out to Calgary pretty quickly. Cool. Know, starting at voice pictures uh, on, a, oh, yeah, yeah, a, on yeah. an Ampia internship. Sweet. Wow. Well. Yeah. I did like four months there. Wow. <laughs> that's how, uh, that, uh, that, uh, that doesn't exist anymore. The Ampia mentorship yes. thing, but yes. uh, that's how I started as well at 724 with the CMPA. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it, it's a way to get in there. I, I did, like I say, I was doing four months. I was in the office, uh, relatively new to filmmaking and I kind of, took it upon myself. I, I'm way the hell back here. Is that yeah, it's all, no, it's <laughs> I, I, I took it upon myself while I was there. I was working with, uh, Karen Pickles was in development. Right. Um, Donna Serafinas was in legal and, uh, I kind of just asked them what I could kind of do. And they just said, as long as you're doing the job here, you can kind of just make sure that you, you know, get, pick what, pick what you think would be of, of interest to you. And I kind of didn't have a clue how production worked. Uh, cause I went from film school to this. Right. Uh, so we, I, I basically opened up all the files and was looking at basically the production paperwork flow and kind of committing it to memory and figuring what I would need if I was going to make my first film, 
this is all the steps I would need to take. Right. And uh, then went on a kind of a, a walk around the Curie Barracks at the time. There was a farm market, and I kind of just walked in and I popped my head into William F. White and met Paul Ross Gorla, who's uh, one of the VPs now. Oh, yeah. You know, the CFO. And uh, they were kind of stressed, and they said, hey, yeah, you, do you want a job? And oh. I'm like, ah, interesting. So I mm. went home and kind of told my wife that I might be changing jobs, or girlfriend at the time. And uh, then I went in the following day to kind of give my notice and they told me that I, they lined up the CM at the time, the CFTPA. CFTPA, right. that's right. So I had that mentorship or that internship lined up, but it kind of fell through whites. No, through voice. Oh, through voice. So I was, yeah. I, I had the opportunity to kind oh, of, so we really did the same thing. And it's it, funny because Donna was working where I was. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it, they're all, it's, it's just magic chairs. <laughs> Um, but at, at that point it was a decision uh, that I kind of really felt I wanted to make was, uh, you know, getting in early, doing a lot of the office work, the heavy lifting wasn't really in the cards for a while. So then I like literally went and did heavy lifting. I was, you know, I took the job at White, started right. pulling cable, yep. ran fabric land for, I think I was there for about two years and before an opportunity to move up as a CSR and it kind of, a... One of the big things that I uh, wanted was how why films cost three million dollars, right. and that was big at the time <laughs> for right, me yeah. as an indie. Sure. Three million dollars—that's a lot of money. Uh, so I didn't know what the hell lights cost, or right. you know, indie filmmaker didn't never knew what a dolly was. So I walked in and I saw all these toys, and I kind of learned how they worked and learned why they're used, why films cost what they do, and that became kind of very um, instrumental in the production process that I've kind of applied to the stuff I do. And then like those four week or four months of intensive studying under the, uh, Ampia internship kind of prepared me to cool first kind of what is what we need to do. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of, that's a great way to kind of craft your own experience, right? Yeah. Just to focus on one part of it. You know, they never, I, I never learned any of that stuff in film school. Yeah. They don't teach you. They're like, it's, it's, it's scary. Even now I'm doing, I do, I have talks with filmmakers uh, coming out of film school and they're like, oh, there's no money in short film and, you know, we have to make your first feature. Kind of like, where are you learning this? Yeah. <laughs> Who's teaching you this? Because the ideal scenario for you is to build a base, get good at what you do because I'd say the the, the pool in the short film side uh, allows for a whole lot more freedom than the feature world. Right, just of course. Time is money. Yeah, like, absolutely. 90 minutes is a hard push. But now you can make 10, nine minute short films. Right? Well, it's the way that I always put it yeah. to filmmakers is you, you make five minutes of gold in a five minute movie and you're set. You make five right. minutes of gold in a 90 minute movie, you're in trouble. Yeah. In trouble. Yeah. Oh, it used to be. Now you can still get it distributed, <laughs> but that's a $2,000 flat, all, all, all territories deal or right, whatever right. they're going to make on it. So, but you're saying, are you saying there's money in short films? It, there's money and stability in short films purely because I didn't look at, I, I came from the world, like my wife's English. So I've always been looking outside of North America. Right. Uh, there's two, two territories here. Like we, we did dead walkers. Spencer brought me dead walkers after meeting him. Uh, dead walkers was the first one I got to actually apply my production right. plan to. Right. Um, and we basically that, at that time we made more money than our budget on just the Canadian broadcast. That I remember. I, yeah. And I actually often think back to it saying, when I say there's not really any money in short films. With there the is distribution. Of, yeah. so, uh, if, but it's, it, it's all 
tangential. Uh, short film is feature film. It's just minutes, right? So, like, there's still, I just, my one, it's all in your head. We just did a CBC deal and we still got a good rate on it, the same one they're paying out for feature. Uh, so it's, it's, it's all, you know, it, it's, it's just looking at, at the time, what I saw was Movie Central. I guess it's now Movie Time, but Movie Central before it was Chorus and all that stuff. Right. It's own individual entity and they have a 24-hour program stream. And we had a, at the time, 13-minute movie that qualified for time and a half. So we like literally took it to uh, Marguerite, who's now the head of CMPA. Everyone keeps moving seats. I know. But basically we took it to her. We, you know, we suggested that it would be a big boon to have a Canadian short film because usually they're programming Oscar winning short films and stuff from other territories. Sure, yeah. Um, so they, you know, they, they asked us for everything. I, again, followed the paperwork. I, I produced it as I would a feature. So we had everything we could slap on the table. We had a distributor on board. I didn't want to pay for uh, Arizona Missions uh, right. in Canada. Yeah. Um, so basically we went to a UK distributor who was able to provide the certificate through their legal counsel and legal cool. board. So, so they basically Smart. organized, uh, they, they were, we, I, I kind of had the feeling we were going to hit that wall. Mm-hmm. Um, so by us being able to kind of bring in a pro when we needed the pro to be there, uh, kind of made that whole thing line up nicely. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, and then it's, and, and it's still not, impossible i mean the realities are like your guys's films probably not one hour on the dot you've probably got extra time on the end short filmmakers should be looking at that as a huge opportunity to fill space you know, mm, it's a good opportunity it's, i always look at it from a uh, the broadcaster's perspective although they're not being pressured anymore uh but it's that's where they can fit that canadian content right that right. you know you get a short film that's 10 minutes long right now what we're seeing is movie time uh, through the Harold Greenberg shorts of features, those are playing on there, but they're really only because, again, a lot of the short filmmakers that are coming out are just looking at it as I'm going to make a short film to, to really, as a stepping stone, as a stepping feature, stone, yeah. and it's great. I and I encourage that, but I always put it to filmmakers to look at what the purpose of a project is, and more so, importantly, are you a producer or are you a filmmaker? Um, because as a producer, being able to I always, I always kind of made my focus um, was to be able to sit across the table from anybody who was going to give us a chance with a, a solid batting record, right? Because um, I didn't want to be the guy who's like, I'm going to give me give me two hundred thousand dollars of your own personal money, and this one will be a hit, unlike these other ones. Right? You want to be able to really say, <laughs> sure. you know, and and it's essentially what we've been doing and what or what I've been doing on, with with Spencer. I've, Spencer's directed all the stuff that I've that I've been producing and I've been working with him through for my time in Alberta, uh, that was the whole kind of intent was to like set a goal, achieve it. And then whatever comes afterwards is always butter and very right, on top. Course. But from, you know, from the get go, it was always, you know, try and look legitimate. <laughs> right. But so wait, are, are producers not filmmakers too? Producers are filmmakers, but I've had, I always put it to, you know, this is me putting on, taking off the, uh, the, the filmmaker hat, putting on the whites hat. Um, it's an industry. So, 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 you know, for, for a producer to come in and sell a project, that's, 
you know, that's, that's kind of expected right. for a filmmaker to come in and sell a project. That's impressive because they've, you know, uh, more than likely had to focus more on the craft than, oh, than the actual production right. side. Right. So you're seeing the producer more as the bridge between. Yeah. yeah. I, like I say, as a, as a producer, I've always worked as a writer, uh, producer working with Spencer or, you know, if, if he brought his own script, it was like purely just my job was just to make sure that the thing didn't fall over. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't, I've never short of maybe the hunt where we kind of had some conversation about creature design and, uh, uh, casting. Um, I've never d- stepped into that creative territory because that's not the producer's job right. at, at that point. Right. Uh, my job was to always make sure that, you know, we've got, uh, theatrical we've got our uh, distribution lined up and we've got what we need to you know achieve the goals that we set out to do that's a filmmaker per se but from a producer's standpoint I've always looked at the producer as the person who's gonna be the, the person who propels the industry forward right uh, filmmakers are the people that are making, making films making the films the awesome stuff okay cool. fun stuff fair enough uh <laughs> So what about uh, so so was that the first film was Dead Walkers the first Dead short, Walkers short Dead film? Walkers was the first uh, project wow um, and that was kind of just I, I met Spencer uh, came in he was doing an, an Eddie Big Rock Eddie mm-hmm. um, so he came into Whites with a, a friend of mine who was working with Whites at the time and they were grabbing some gear they went out did their shot uh, or the shoot and then kind of Spence got introduced I said let's go grab a bite over at the wild rose brewery right. and started talking found out he, he's kind of mixed between comedy horror i'm very focused on in, in horror and kind of said you know I, i'd be interested in trying to find a director i for purposes of patience i very rarely work with uh people without fully vetting them and so sure. i worked with spencer for worked you know in conversation with spencer for quite a while and then one of those uh chats when he was in here just kind of like said i, I got a grant uh to do a project it's not a lot of money i think we had 7500 bucks for uh dead walkers wow Holy shit. and so we you know we were one of the first shorts or one of the first films in uh, got to be western canada certainly alberta the shoot on the red we had right yeah uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, dan dumichel and, yeah. and colin sheldon and perfect pictures brought their red on board right 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 shooting out at the at the ranch um I think my wife was doing catering. My then girlfriend was doing catering and I was carrying apple boxes. We were doing everything. We well, had that's to do. awesome. Wow. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was fun. It was a bit of a bit of a, you know, Spencer kind of, I just let him do, make his movie. Um, and then once we kind of, once the dust settled, I, uh, or no, leading into that, the, uh, my, my conditions were on written on a napkin in terms of what the only, re- the only way I would get them, you know, going for this project as if he let me do this. Right. And uh, he looked at it and kind of had that, man, it's not going to happen, but sure, right. let's go ahead and do it. You're going to help me out. So I, uh, and essentially that was, it was, you know, Canadian broadcast. Uh, we were putting in for uh, iTunes and things like that. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Aggr- the aggregators at the time weren't uh, as, as prevalent as they are. So really the only people that were getting on short form uh, or short form iTunes were, Music videos and uh, right. the Oscar, sure. the uh, Oscar, right, right. Nom- yeah, yeah. Oscar nominees, and but the you, collections. but you had a distributor. I forget the name, but they were Shorts like, International. Shorts International, yeah. right? So uh, Simon, I actually met Simon at one of. Uh, I was at a festival. Oh, what the hell was the festival? I can't even recall what festival it was, but uh, I met him in Canada, um, 
and he is, you know, this this Brit kind of just checking stuff out, but said he was taking on this job at this company that focuses on short film. And I was kind of like, that's a pretty weird business yeah. model. Um, but in that, that was the very first conversation I had with him. And he's basically just said, look, you know, like London's got like 8 million people. So they want to watch their phone, let them sit down, watch a four minute thing from right. here to there. Not very good, uh, you know, not very good, um, uh, well, not, there's no Wi-Fi. You can't stream down there. Uh, so they were literally just selling these short films for like a dollar ninety nine on iTunes and people hmm. were gobbling them up. So wow. they, they didn't have to interact with people on the tube right. train. So we're like, yeah, this, is, this is apparently the case in China right now too, it, that there's so much time on transit. Yeah. Everybody's watching something yeah. on their phone. Yeah. And, it's, and it, and they had a really good business model in terms of, you know, they, uh, terrestrially in, in the UK, uh, they had a broadcast channel. Uh, then they had the iTunes channel uh, worldwide. And then they also had like Latin America pay TV. Oh, wow. And essentially the way that I kind of calculated our, our risk was that if we hung on to Canada, at the very least, we'll make our deal. So I kind of worked with them and said like, you know, we'll we'll sign this deal, but we, we get Canada, but you got to help us out with obviously the inno. And they said, that's fine. Cool. So then we ended up getting, you know, on a $7,500 short film, uh, we got the Canadian broadcast license. And then from there, there's like Latin America pay TV. Uh, this was in 2009. Um, and funny enough, Spencer just finished uh, One Hit Die season three. Yeah. And two days into production or two days before production, I sent him uh, the invoice for another uh I think it's like 300, 400 bucks from Dead Walkers playing wow. you know, overseas <laughs> and wherever. So there's Unreal. still a, it's still a stream Unreal. here on like wow. six six years later. So so I man, I'm looking at we're 20 minutes in and uh, this is going to be a long one. Um, we may have to two parter it. I rattle. Uh, sure. No no no, because this is so great. Because I I didn't realize that Dead Walkers was your first short. Mm -hmm. How the fuck did you make such a great first short? Because every first short is. Yeah. Not good. Not well, it's, great. I, yeah. It's goes on Spencer and Keith, the writer, for sure. Um, Dan and those guys smoked it out of the park. Um, but I'm talking like cast size, costumes, period. Like like the cast was was great as well. And not to mention the VFX. There's tons of VFX. Yes. Like how did you do all this? Spencer and Mitch. Um, and also, like I say, is the first short. So we had no idea what the fuck we were doing. So we, I, I, I think the only thing I kind of caught. You say you have no idea what you were doing, but you made it a really great well, product. It's, it was, it was, had the potential to be far worse. Sure. <laughs> we had, uh, I think there was a giant that was written in the script that oh. we ended up writing out beforehand. But I think Spencer had like, uh, I think the benefit of, of Deadwalkers as well uh, was that Spencer had, this idea, Keith and he uh, went to film school together. Um, so they kind of were kicking this idea of a Western around. It's Alberta. I'm not from Alberta. Right. So I, the first thing I get roped into in this conversation is, I got a zombie movie. Great. It's a Western. Uh. <laughs> so then it became, yeah, figuring it out, uh, going down the road. But the, the resources are all there, right? right. Like, you know, we didn't have to build the town. Right. Um, all the all the materials and all of the wardrobe and costuming and everything was was pretty much easy for us to find just by reaching out to heritage park and all these people that do all this cosplay stuff for that, for that realm. And it was non-union. Um, so, you know, I think Spence found Mike Shepard was kind of, that's their first, I think they may have connected beforehand, most likely in a bar. Um, but that was the first time Spencer got to work with Mike. And then we've kind of 
worked with Mike every day. He's in everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's kind of his little, uh, his muse as or. Right, right. But, they, but Mike's been awesome. Like we did uh, the LA screening. We got into uh, Shriek Fest, or no, no, Scream Fest for LA. And we took, I was able to, to, to get us a grant, uh, get Mike, uh, myself, and, and Keith down to LA to screen the film. And cool. Spencer was able to, because at the time he was lined up for, uh, he was at, lined up at Acme, so he was able to get a 35 mil print. So we had the 35 mil print of the film, this little cheap, low budget, $7,500 uh, Alberta made Western screening on 35 mil at the man's <laughs> theater in, in, in LA. So it was kind of like that was that set the bar pretty high. Unreal. Uh, yeah. So it was, it, I think it was just a collection of everything. Like it, it was, I, I don't honestly don't think we would be able to replicate that today. Just because right. not a lot of people were, not a lot of people were doing that at the time. Right. Um, but I also sat down. Like I, again, I'm a filmmaker, but coming into that, I've been kind of spoiled because I didn't do film school as a study. I didn't go through and look at you know Igmar Bergman shit. Right. 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 Film well, that's why I'm a little confused, man. To be honest with you, like, like how do you how do you even know what you know is when you're doing your first? Because I, it's a business. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everyone, just want to take a quick second of this great conversation with Greg to tell you about the Calgary Film Center. Uh, of course, the Calgary Film Center is located in Southeast Calgary. It's a world-class screen-based production facility, suitably equipped and serviced so that you can execute your next project with ease. They have 50,000 square feet of purpose-built sound stages and 25,000 square feet of multi-purpose warehouse and workshop spaces. All of this complemented by their anchor tenant, William F. White, where Greg used to work. Uh, in Calgary specifically now, of course, he's in Toronto. That's right. Canada's oldest and largest provider of professional motion picture, television, digital media, and theatrical production equipment, as you've heard uh, all throughout this episode. So at the Calgary Film Centre, their aim is to deliver production support for local, national, and international screen industry projects in their purpose-built venue designed to service individual client needs. And of course, they deliver programs such as the Project Lab that we talked about at the top of the episode uh, to engage and support innovation and excellence in the film and television industry. Definitely encourage you to check them out. Find out more at calgaryfilmcenter.com. That was how I approached it. I, I, it was never, I, I didn't know, because uh, I was in the Nanaimo, BC before going to film school and then coming up here, I didn't know that there was like, you know, just arts. We didn't have, we didn't have a, uh, a CSIF in Vancouver. Okay. We had a, or, or we had a, we had Cinevic, um, right. but Cinevic was kind of more of the offshoot of, of our film school as far as I could see it. Right. Um, so it never really dawned on me that there were people that weren't making projects that were being seen in getting made. I, I know there was people making garbage cause I've been to film festivals. Right. Right. Um, but for me it was, it was all just a matter of figuring out that, you know, the, it's, it's for the audience. I'm that audience. What do I want to watch? Um, you know, we did a, I did an art movie in film school that I hated, <laughs> uh, but I wrote it and we won awards for the writing on it. And it was kind of, you know, that was kind of my thing where I was like, I could actually write what I want to see. Right. And then getting introduced, uh, kind of my film school was on the floor of whites. So right, right. not, you know, not knowing the filmmakers don't use a dolly. So when you're, you know, that shot, when that, you know, when, when uh, Mike Shepard comes out of the, uh, of the bar and he's got his gun and the two other people, of course, that's going to be a push in on the sure, dolly. Sure. I just have to. Right. But not realizing that m most film students and films, you know, filmmakers aren't, uh, you know, in that position to be able to, to think that stuff was available right it became right. it became 
very easy for us to kind of put those pieces together. It wasn't as easy as it should be, but it was still uh, that much easier, but it helped us set something that I, to this day, I can throw down to a filmmaker and just say like, look at this and watch this. This was made for 7,500 bucks. The deal that you get or the, you know, the way that whites wants to work, we want these filmmakers because we look at what's on screens now, you know, it's, it's, it's Star Wars and it's the Avengers. It's, it's the popcorn stuff. And what we see coming out of the, the filmmaking batch, the newer filmmakers out there is kind of counter to, to what they watch. And my take on the whole thing was, we just, we just make what we watch. We made, we went from there totally. to a zombie movie with Tasha to a monster movie with the hunt. Right. Still found funding for them, but we, we made the movies that we wanted to yeah. make. And it was only until it got into the more, uh, higher end feature level where we had to have other people give their opinions that they were like, you know, this is a little too violent or mm, this is a little right. too aggressive, but right. you know, in the short world we had, that's, that's what I liked. And, still to this day enjoy about the short world is you get far more freedom and, you can, freedom, and yeah. you can, and you can really knock, uh, knock it out of the park. And in my opinion for, for new filmmakers, uh, that's where you get your, uh, your cache. That's where you get your ability to tell people what you're going to make, mm. you know, instead of limping in and asking for funders to maybe help you make this movie so that you can make your big movie. Right. Yeah. What if this sucks? What if this gives you a bad name or what if this, you know, uh, doesn't perform as expected because there's a million people behind you in line. Maybe, maybe make the movie that you want to make so that you can make your impact now because how many film schools in there's like seven in Toronto where I'm, where I'm at now. <laughs> I think there's like four film schools here in Calgary. So, yeah. or uh, even just, you know, to extent Alberta. So there's a new wave of filmmakers coming out all the time. Uh, and there is something to be said for not diving in and doing a short right away. Yeah. Right. Like just thinking about the experience you had before you made that through whites and through your, your AMPA internship. I think that answers my question, at least to you, Matt, about how the hell he did it as his yeah, first short, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. Um, but the, 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 I, I think you're, you're saying and, and proving that, that there is some money in, in shorts. Uh, do you, do you think that I always assumed sort of that the content that you wanted to make, like you weren't conforming to anything. Yes. This is what you wanted to make, but that content also works well. Uh, when you're subtitling or when you're in areas because they're, you know, zombie heads exploding, there's gunfire. It's, you know, it's action. We, everything that I've done, again, North America is two countries. And the way that I put it, you know, like at that time, the way I put it to Spencer, pretty much, he didn't understand it, uh, was if we make a bad movie, it won't get broadcast. Right. Make a good movie. (laughs) Sure. Because the government's, that's their job is to promote the broadcasters. Their job is to promote good Canadian content. For sure. So make something good in your home country is easy. Like I always put it to Spencer, like, you know, the, uh, he was surprised when we got SIF and it's like, of course you're going to get SIF. They, it's a festival. It's a business. You work with, if you're looking at it from, and this is again, looking at it from a producer standpoint is, you know, make something that you can figure out your market and know exactly where it's going to be. If it's going to be in Alberta, if it's, I think we wanted Spencer wanted to premiere uh, Deadwalkers at SIF. Um, we were fortunate enough to catch Toronto first, Toronto for Dark, and then it came here for for Calgary. Um, because again, those were the easy ones. Right. Toronto is going to promote a Canadian filmmaker above everything, so 
we made a good film that could match there. What was kind of the design was that's the easy side over here where there's nine territories that have each an individual territorial price in the size of Alberta, Scandinavia, we need to land there. We need to get into their radar. We need to get into those film festivals. And that's where like Razor Reel, um, you know, we, we premiered at Sidges uh, in, in Spain and that in that region. And we kind of, I, I've always focused in the genre market because there's a program I probably butchered the name, but it's 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 a program that's that's basically designed around uh, European film art, uh, film festivals, and they program, and that's the way that I've always looked at our projects. Is you know you gotta you're making your films for your, your short film for festivals. You're you're not necessarily programmed to the audience, programming to the f- the programmer because he knows the audience. Right. So they they watch it. They know you know this is going to be perfect in front of this film. I think we right. we've we've screened in front of. With Dead Walkers, we've we've opened for a, such a weird variety of, oh, yeah. of, of projects. <laughs> yeah, it's purely because it was it was a zombie western. Right. right, right whereas right. the hunt was very focused in terms right. of what that opened for, um, simply because the the programmers knew what kind of crowd they were going for. Sure. Cool. So Tasha. Yes. What was that? I thought that was web series or a web series pilot. Tasha. Tasha is a uh, an adventure. Um, <laughs> So essentially what Tasha was, uh, Tasha, as you see it, is a Bravo fact funded short. Right. Um, and ultimately what happened there was we were working with uh, Joe Media, uh, Karen Pickles at yeah. that time. And we kind of went to her and said we wanted to do this project. Uh, she read a spec that I had written. Uh, it was basically a graphic novel script that I was writing because there cool. was a, a co-creator um, in Vancouver Island um, who was doing the art. And we kind of touched base and said, you know, we'd like to do something fun. So I, I'm like, I've never written a graphic novel script before, but I think I can write a, a, a script. So I wrote a script, uh, a pilot of a, like a one hour action adventure, uh, zombie hunter pilot and sent it off to him. And he started doing some art. And then, uh, because of my connection with Karen over uh, at voice and she just relocated to, to Joe, I kind of sent it off to her to see if she'd be willing to take a look at it. Just, to see if I'm anywhere in the ballpark of having written something good. Right. Um, and they came out and they took an option on it on wow. a, at a, at a coffee. And then we were kind of just trying to find ways to basically do what I've been doing in the short world, which is essentially short films as proof of concept. Right. And so we were kind of kicking tires around and saw uh, Bravo fact as an option. Um, so we had, at the time we had Grant Harvey attached. Oh, wow. Um, so that, obviously greased the wheels quite a bit right. sending it in. I think my original application script was like a, an AV <laughs> script because it was so rushed. Um, and they ended up, you know, getting back to us and saying it's available. Um, Grant had taken off uh, to Toronto at that point to go direct some episodic. Uh, so I kind of made a pitch for Spencer to come in and we did that same thing short over a couple of weekends. Uh, did shot it, at, you know, just in South of Calgary, et cetera. Um, but that was actually interesting because at that time, uh, Bravo Fact was undergoing some uh, changes wherein they didn't have to, uh, they didn't have to honor the broadcast. They didn't have, they had Bravo the channel, right? but they also right. had bravofact.com. Oh, right. And at that point uh, at, at signing, we weren't really, digging through and seeing that it wasn't eligible, but obviously we needed a broadcaster on board for the AMF. So right. we were kind of on a hook 
Um, so Karen went back and forth with them and we were able to essentially kind of, they didn't want to do anything for us, but ultimately what we had in our, uh, back hip pocket was the Calgary, um, comic expo or fan expo. Oh, okay. Uh, we were doing, uh, essentially we were doing a panel with, uh, dead walkers. I believe maybe one hit die at that point, but dead walkers for sure. Um, so we had a panel already arranged and we basically said, well, we're going to do a, 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 a live screening of this project now at this, at this event, but it would be really cool if we could broadcast it beforehand and then the locals can have a convert, uh, a look at it. So it ended up screening at, uh, like two o'clock in the morning on space right. the night before our really? screening, mainly just because we needed to legally be able to access the AMF. Cause mm. that was a huge part of the right, budget of that was in place. Um, so that one kind of accidentally got broadcast, <laughs> but I, as a, I, I kind of, I worked as a producer, uh, but not in the, uh, EP capacity. That was all Joe media and right. Karen was able to pull that off. Gotcha. Um, and then that project just kind of, uh, fell apart afterwards just with personalities and kind of one of the main reasons why I really only work with Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> right. But that was, but, but the pilot got made. No, sorry. No, the, no it, it never, was, it never well, got, it, made. it got interest. Um, the pilot, the script was good. The a couple of, uh, I wrote an ep, uh, another script, uh, coming out of it, but again, to kind of, go back into the uh uh remind the podcast bit i had no background in film right so the collaborators whom i reached out to also were kind of fresh to it and sure. new to it and sure. not really in the industry and some people take that to be wow this is exciting let's just do this other people take that as i'm gonna stop this project right. because i'm not getting what i want right and it just got to be a bit too much so we just kind of uh threw it down and walked away. I tried to restart it a couple of times, but it always ended up being a little bit more hassle than anything. Right. So it's good. I've got two good, really good kind of spec pieces that people right. read and they like, and then I have to tell them the story and they're like, Oh, we don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, you know, it did what it did. It, it, it played fewer festivals again because I didn't, I didn't approach that with the, my production model. That was us, Spencer and I being able right. to go to another company to see how we work in that space. Right, right. And, you know, Tasha doesn't have uh, distribution. It's, it just kind of lives online. Sure. Bravo fact right now. Cool. cool. Gotcha. All righty. Uh, so what, what, there's many more. Like, what about, <laughs> like, there's a, didn't you do a superhero thing too? Uh, Spencer. Spencer. Uh, so oh, okay. Spencer's uh, very, I'm sure you've had him on in this, this talk. So Spencer's super creative dude. Um, and that's what I really like about him. But he also is probably Aside from having three kids, probably the reason why I don't have any hair. <laughs> um, so, uh, like Spencer and Mitch were just kind of playing around. They did, you know, a, a couple of uh, little kind of test shoots for this kind of uh, character they were calling the Night Protector. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. He kind of just played, and they shot a couple episodes, just the SLR shoot. Yep. Um, so I kind of helped them out. I think I gave them a couple of pointers and helped kind of secure a location downtown, etc. But aside from that, that was all them. Um, so that one's, that one's Spencer's world, hmm. helping him out and getting him up and running. It was his kind of first, this is all pre, pre, pre web series. It was right. you yeah. know, a yeah. little digital series that yeah. he was kicking around, but we couldn't find any support for it. So it kind of died in the way it would have been, he's got some great ideas for it, but I don't think there's anything in the immediate future, right. except unless I get a text about something tomorrow <laughs> Which, that, yeah, that yeah. I have to scramble like and yeah. reset up. But that kind of, that, that, that type of. You know that 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 that's what I enjoyed about working with Spencer, and still to this day is 
I think that, like that's how Sharkosaurus was born. Like right. He, you know, the, we won the first story hive, mm-hmm. and I was in my office. And I got a phone call, and it, all these was like, "We're gonna do a shark movie in dirt." I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> He's like, well, "We're gonna make a shark movie, but we're gonna do it in Drumheller." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> phone me when the when your high is done i guess and yeah. and then he's like no we're gonna do it so then you know within 24 hours of that call we were in the office shooting the green screen plates for the story hive pitch video wow, wow. and he really leaned into it and then that was that you know that i think more than more than a few projects have kind of been born of that. Totally, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's been a career. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very slow moving, focused train, and Spencer's bouncing around. Right, right, right. It's right. a good mix. <laughs> yeah, for I, sure. I, you know, I'm working in Toronto on behalf of him out there. So, <laughs> right. yeah. so what about whites? What, like, tell us about what. So uh, all of this again. This is all great backstory, but yeah. all all of this really kind of opened up uh, an opportunity um, because ultimately we have filmmakers across Canada. Uh, Everything that I've done, like I've, we've, all these projects, I've been able to find funding not only to, to make, but also to market and, and uh, really, you know, see some sort of a back end revenue stream come through. And that's something that not a lot of filmmakers know about. Right. And Whites is very much invested in the industry. Mm-hmm. And obviously the new filmmakers coming out, if we're filmmakers, we may have a little bit of problem. Um, if we have producers, we're in good shape. We want people that are be able to make content uh, with a bit of a industry savvy uh, sensibility, so that they know that they're making stuff that can be sold, distributed, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but also people that are can can fit into because the industry has been going for years, um, and it's not going to shift on its axis to accommodate filmmakers in the digital scene that don't want to play in the game. Because right. you're asking then not only big companies with big bottom lines like whites, but you're also asking unions yep. and organizations to then all of a sudden say, well, maybe we don't need to make $30 million films anymore. Maybe we make $100,000 movies. Right. That's not really the reality. It's but, not going to happen overnight anyway. Yeah. Well, and, and it's, and it's, it would be the end of the industry. The realities are these people coming up, the filmmakers yourself and, and the groups that, and people that I work with, um, they have more opportunity than ever to make stuff phenomenal. Um, but the problems that we, that we see when it comes to independent filmmakers is a lot of them just are essentially shooting themselves in the foot because of uh, in, in, in this realm that I deal with less higher end. Um, we're not going to lose twilight zone right. to a dude with a bunch of gear on his truck. Right. right. Of course, um, yeah. But for me, if I'm talking to an indie filmmaker, story high filmmaker, I can make the case, you know, this is why you want to work with whites, et cetera. At the end of the day, it comes down to bottom line. And we have our overhead and our costs course, that we yeah. can't cross. This guy's got gear on a truck. Um, so we've seen a lot of filmmakers opt for that route, go with the, you know, the lowest common denominator, the, the cheapest option. And, you know, they make their project. It may go off and, and, and do quite well. But the experience in that space uh, working with, you know, the, the owner operator stuff, filmmakers. Absolutely. If the goal is to get yourself something that you can really show people go for it. But if you're looking at it as a producer to, to step into the industry and in that space, that's super counterproductive Mm -hmm. because ultimately what's happening is you're stepping into an industry that's got 
essentially all these ironclad, not ironclad, but close to, you know, ironclad rules and, or, you know, organizations have their minimums and we've got our, and, and all these numbers that exist. And what happens is this filmmaker will get the opportunity to come in usually in the micro budget sense, or, you know, uh, they may find a private investor or something and have a decent $200,000 number. Um, they'll come in and, and want to work with us on our level, but want the $200 a day right. guy with a truck who right. doesn't know any of this stuff. And it, and it becomes very difficult because we want to help. We want to mm-hmm, work, mm-hmm. but we're not going to give this person gear for free. Of course. Because what I'm finding coming in and taking over, um, the spot in, in in Toronto is a lot of those people just come back the same year or the, the next year with the same numbers. Right. 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 And to me, I t- that doesn't suck growth. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's, it's heartbreaking because I see an opportunity that I, I took and I would absolutely take. Um, but for, you know, for filmmakers to, 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 to be at that stage where they're like, have the opportunity to come out and work and get endeared to a brand like whites and then have to kind of, miss that opportunity because this guy's offering a better deal it's i it, it it's predatory in a way because like i i followed all the facebook pages facebook groups and stuff and i was literally two weeks ago uh as i was kind of prepping my my spiel for i'm doing this festival tonight i'm doing one in oakville and i've got another one up north in in ontario and exactly about this thing um where somebody posted online about you know i i need I need something like the White's viral van. Theirs is unavailable. And there were 64 posts of people Holy saying, shit. and literally going back and forth, oh, I can do mine for 350. Well, I'll do mine for 250. <laughs> and, but the realities are, somebody's going to do it. Somebody's got something that's sitting there doing nothing that will take $50. Sure. Yeah. Do you want to be that filmmaker? Do you want to be, you know, and, and if that is, that's 100% cool. But if you're a producer and you want to be, you know, on the CMPA state or the, the uh, getting a, the CMPA award at TIFF the following year, uh, that's the level that you want to be at. You want to be able to, to, to partner and work with people. And my job is to, you know, identify those filmmakers that we want to really kind of push out and, 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 and work and help. Um, and essentially what, what I've been doing since being there is being at in Toronto is kind of identifying what you guys as filmmakers, the, market uh, are lacking in what we can provide and what we're going to give and what we're not going to give. And I have no intention, although I have helped out a few people for certain projects, I have no intention on giving somebody gear. Um, I want somebody, you know, filmmakers have come in ready to shoot their movie and I've sat down with them, looked at, you know, assessed, you know, them as potential producers, but also just as Canadian filmmakers. Like how come you're not, getting money from Canada council. How come you're not right. getting money through this organization or this organization? And if it's that they're too lazy to put in an application, I've accidentally got money through, <laughs> through arts grants because that's just how it's worked. You've uh, set in an application at the deadline every single time and you, and you forget about it. Um, so yeah, like that to me, that's, that, that's the main focus of my, of, of my job here is to, to really help a filmmaker maximize what they want to do. Like I literally sit down with filmmakers, uh, producers, directors, even right now currently working uh, with some writers to essentially cool. help them just kind of figure out what, what it is. Cause it's a big industry, but I've again spent 10 years in here in Calgary uh, 
there's an independent space that seems to operate separately entirely and it's great i've worked in that space and we've you know i've worked with help seeing filmmakers come and go from that space but it's the industry side that a lot of people want to work in and they don't it's kind of an oil and water scenario mm-hmm. so i i really pitched this opportunity for whites to kind of be the uh not necessarily the gateway but something to kind of help filmmakers understand what it is that they're getting into um you know it's 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 one thing to shoot a feature film with your friends and non-union and spend seven months doing it and then right. it go nowhere a lot of people accept that we just you know as a filmmaker i've always set a, a, a standard and a bar to like what is success on every project and then we must hit that otherwise it's a failure right um and so you know with filmmakers it, what i've seen is it's it's such a sliding scale that it, there's no wrong way to go about it but it's just a matter of sitting down and, and like literally talking to the filmmaker and saying, what's the goal? Like if you're a director and you want people to take you seriously as a director, there's roots to, to do that. There's mm-hmm. roots to go that, uh, you're not going to focus on making money. You don't need to care about broadcast, make something that goes viral, make something that kicks ass, get it online and, and get it shared and get festival play if you can. But that's how people are finding directors, but they're not hiring those people to direct it or produce a $2 million movie or or service produce, which is something that, you know, Canadian filmmakers need to be aware of is there's service producers that have been doing this for like 50 years that are still going to get all the jobs because this wave coming up doesn't know how to produce. Mm. That's scary to me as a stakeholder (laughs) because what happens when everybody decides to retire and then we've just got a bunch of filmmakers that are in here working off of trucks instead of out here working in, in that space. Right. The, the doors are wide open. We just got to find the right people to push them through. Right, right. Hmm. Yeah, that's a challenge for sure. Well, and it's like, again, I, I come f- I come to this position as a filmmaker. Um, so I, I look at where we can leverage our strengths. Um, yeah. So like one of the things that we're doing is Whites is industry leader when it comes to our social media. Right. Um, you know, we're, we, we have, uh, I think it's like, 5,000 followers, something, not a huge number, but when you look at what we do, yeah, those 5,000 followers are the people that you would want to get in a room with. For sure. They're the people, they're, they're the, uh, studios, the press, they're the people that are following us because we're putting out handmade tail promo or we're putting out the shape of water promo. Right. And then when you take a low budget Canadian film shot in Alberta and you run the trailer in that stream, you're getting eyes on the project that you wouldn't necessarily get through your usual channel. A lot of filmmakers, you know, I've, I've talked to a lot of filmmakers and they're like, oh, I've got 20,000 followers. They're all filmmakers. Right. You know, maybe one or two kind of blogs or whatever. But, you know, the, the base that we have access to are the, are the base that you want. Right. And so for us, bringing on a filmmaker that we've worked with uh, and help them, you know, it's not just here's the gear. Right. Go away, make a movie, and then that's it. It goes beyond that. Uh, the, the the marketing side of things is something that I think is one of our our biggest strengths. So, like, you know, the side the uh, besides the obvious the timelining and, and social media shares is also what I'm doing here with Banff and what I when I'm coming into Banff. 
this year, um, I've brought five filmmakers. Uh, not oh, wow. paid, I didn't pay for flights or hotels because right. it's Banff. Um, <laughs> but essentially, we looked at, you know, uh, there's, a, there's a filmmaker, Liam Brennan. I don't know if you've ever connected with him through the NSI. Uh, he's a writer in Winnipeg. Um, but he just wrote a script that got onto the BBC uh, uh, Writer's Room contest cool uh second place or semifinals wow. or something like that so he's got a, a project to pitch and he's sitting in winnipeg so i was like well we have an office in winnipeg we've done some work with you he's worked with um frantic and those guys out there so if you can get to winnipeg go there uh also i'm very well versed in industry funding so maybe look at this on-screen manitoba thing that exists and mm-hmm. send him a link and say here's how you pay for right. it yeah 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 um, and then with, uh, you know, uh, Vancouver through StoryHive, uh, we did a project called uh, Narcoleap. Um, so Kate Green, we're, we're, we gave her a pass to come on out. Um, and then uh, uh, Brianne, who did The Dangers of Online Dating, she won, an, uh, she won a uh, diversity pass to go to Banff. So she's got a pass and some, uh, I think, maybe a bit of a travel stipend. Um, so we offered her writer uh, a, a pass to go as well. Cool. He you pitches a team. Yeah, Brandon yeah. Stewart. I went to high school. With yeah, her. yes, she'd mentioned that. <laughs> um, so you know she's going to be pitching as a team there. Um, with we we have sponsor passes. Cool. So Banff this year is very young. Uh, you know, a lot of first time filmmakers. So they're not necessarily. Uh, it's not worth our VP team to come in because Fox Universal. We go to LA to talk to them. Right. So going out to Banff doesn't really satisfy their needs, but we're sponsors and we have five free passes. So they're just going to sit there empty. I'm not, right. I don't have to pay for rooms or hotels, but a at filmmaker, least, least a filmmaker yeah. takes a chance. Um, you know, and I also, I'm based in Toronto. I come from Calgary, but I, uh, and I was born in Vancouver Island, but my reach within this position, like we're pulling two people from Vancouver. We're pulling Liam from Winnipeg. I'm bringing Lauren Grant. Uh, we did Riot Girls with her. She's got, you know, I'm in a conversation with her in her office. She's like, I just optioned this book series. It would make a great series. Mm-hmm. I said, do you want to go to Banff and pitch it? He's in the room. Yes, let's do it. Uh, she's coming out from Ontario. And then we've got uh, Jenna McMillan from Wharf Rats a P, uh, in PI. Wow, cool. That, that's coming out as well. So these are all filmmakers that, you know, had a choice. They opted to work with us uh, on in, in whatever capacity they got, like some more than others. Uh, in, in, in terms of their production they had. But at that point, the dollar doesn't matter. Right. Uh, it, it's the fact that they made that effort and made that energy uh, or, or, or that decision that we can then commit our energies to helping them do that. And right. what's exciting to me is Banff was the obvious one. Um, I'm sure you've been to film festivals around uh, Canada. The Whites logo is on every line. Of course. Yeah, yeah, We're yeah. involved yeah. in sponsors and everything. It's true, yeah. So my opinion on that uh, is that we need to start getting value and for a festival, we're throwing 20K into them for sponsorship. Yeah. If they benefit us with, or, or if it benefits them to give us six pa- sponsor passes, we could utilize that to help filmmakers that right. may or may not be able to get into that festival, right? Like it's one thing, one thing to go to TIFF as a, uh, as a featured filmmaker, but it's another thing to go in the industry panels and in industry discussion yeah. and actually be able to go to the parties totally. and be represented. You guys did. Yeah, we did that there. for Futures First. It's, yeah. it's a it's an expensive ticket. Yeah. yeah. And if we can help by throwing a filmmaker their first TIFF ticket so that they can come on out and see what it's all about, it's the industry. That's what we do. We don't necessarily, uh, we don't necessarily put it to filmmakers to make the movie and just that's it. They're gone. You know, especially in my realm, I have the 
it's a really cool job in that respect. Yeah, no I can like a filmmaker uh, and, and you know, we've, I've introduced filmmakers to broadcasters, distributors, people that we have relationships with. Right, yeah. Um, and kind of liaised with some from a, a talent capacity. I've worked with Actor on almost all my projects mm-hmm. except for two. Uh, so I'm as a producer familiar, but also as William F. White, we want to build the next wave of filmmakers, mm-hmm. industry stakeholders aside. We want to get them all involved. Right. Cool. So how does a filmmaker approach you? How does how do you? They call me or they give me a, a an email. Okay. I'm on I'm on Twitter, but I'm mostly it's mostly kids pictures and shit like that. <laughs> um, but uh, honestly, it's 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 about taking that first step, just right. reaching out to whites. Yeah. Um, we're in Vancouver, Calgary, Winnipeg, Halifax, and Toronto. Um, we have a depot up in Sudbury, so we can cover it. Uh, wherever you are, like a lot of times, especially with these talent to watch projects, you know, somebody's going to be going into a jurisdiction they've never been yeah, to. Of course. Before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I wrote a movie about Halifax. I've never been there. Right. Well, <laughs> I'm <laughs> there next there, yeah. week. Let's right, right, sit right. down and have a chat or let, you know, I, I've talked, I've been sending a lot of people out West, um, you know, for, for Alberta, just because the grant in Ontario is accessible at a million grant out here is accessible at 55 it becomes a whole lot easier for right, filmmakers right. To, to transition into a, a better well-made project when they've got yeah, funding support. That's a good point. So yeah. i kind of and then it makes you know you you go into an area you've never been before you walk into whites you're in familiar habits, right of course right? yeah right um and there is they are opening uh there is going to be somebody doing what i do out west i don't know how uh close they are to getting that person or not but there will be somebody whose design whose job it is to work with me uh and uh they'll be able to kind of be the point of contact for filmmakers but i i spent 10 years here in alberta so i you know they send an email let me know what the project that you want to do we can have a skype call or whatever or if i'm in town have a coffee we can do a tour and see it's 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 very important that again a filmmaker knows what they want and once they know what they want, I know what I can help them. Right, with. for sure. And uh, that it's it's all just preparedness and being ready to go. Wow, awesome, cool. Well, I, anything else that, that the audience should know, or, or uh, websites uh, we can direct them to, or where can they yeah. see Deadwalkers? Uh, <laughs> Deadwalkers is online. <laughs> okay, uh, it's on iTunes still, is it? It's well, no that that was seven after seven years it died. Oh, okay. well, the thing died. So oh, okay. not the thing. It's still available. But Spencer's go to spencerestrobrooks.com to see Dead Walkers, The Hunt, The Hunt, uh, Sharkosaurus. Okay, cool. I think um, my short directorial. I had to direct a piece when oh. I was leaving here because directors be very fun smart. <laughs> uh, it, uh, knowing I was leaving Alberta, uh, Ontario uh, doesn't recognize screenwriters as artists. Oh, um, Alberta, Alberta does. So I was oh, always able. I was always able to get grant money through the art stream oh, okay. in, in the in, in in the writing capacity. Okay. But in order for me to be fund eligible, I had to direct a project. Okay. Uh, so I directed a short film before leaving uh, Alberta. Uh, that was the it's it's all in your head. Gotcha. Um, right. 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 Did a deal with Shorts International. It's going to have all the same release pattern as Deadwalkers, but it is my uh, family horror. So it's on cool. CBC in. August 1st whoa so that's awesome that as part of that broadcast deal that we did so cool. amazing that'll be out there um but yeah I, I think the the key thing for us is just wanting to know what kind of filmmaker you are yeah. and, and wh- how we can help we're not going to turn you away if you don't want to be a producer we're just you know 
help you get what you need to, right. to do it. But I'm actively seeking the people that the producers that want to take up the mantle of, of the current wave of filmmakers. Right, right, right. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much Three, for being here. Like four hours. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Awesome. Yes. Thanks, Greg. Um, and thanks to, uh, I, I guess, thanks to o- the Okotoks Film Festival. That was kind of part of, he was, he, that was, he was one here of the reasons of he was yep. here as well as Banff. Yep. So, um, and it, you know, it's nice to, to come full circle a little bit. You know, Spencer was our first ever guest. Yeah, that's right. That's to have right. Spencer's producer, Greg, on. Uh, it's, it's nice. We're, it feels like we're starting to fill fill the show out a little bit. It's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. We're starting to, starting to get the, the guests we've always wanted. Um, so uh, if you haven't been paying attention, Scott, to the news lately, you may not be aware of the trade dispute between us and our neighbors to the south. This is a tip we're receiving from Bleeding Art Industries, um, and it's and it's a unique one. It, it is a unique one. Doesn't yeah. start, it doesn't start like a film. No, no. But get ready. I'm ready. Given the almost daily rhetoric, you could be forgiven for this. However, as That's a true. Canadian uh, and as a filmmaker, you should heed what's going on. Aside from the fact that costs will be rising if you're importing products from the U.S. for your shoots, this is an opportunity to rethink how you're doing things and with whom. This is a much longer post than what we have room for here, but in a nutshell, now is the time to support local and set up partnerships and distribution arrangements with countries other than the U.S. Yes, we're tiny compared to the mammoth U.S., but we could be doing so much more to build our industry and films and creative and economic capacity here at home. Uh, Interesting thought from Bleeding Art. It is an interesting thought. Uh, I read an article, I think it was the Global Mail yesterday, about Canadians being livid with the states and, and mm. supporting local. I don't know if I would say livid, um, at least not me personally. Of course, there's a lot to be upset about. But yeah, um, it's it's. I mean, it's a tough thing, you know. Like protectionism, um, economically speaking, generally doesn't end well. Mm. But you know what happens when they shot first, right? Right. Yeah. I don't know yeah. really how to feel about that. But it can't be argued that that this is. A smart move right now, especially yeah, if you're budgeting. For yeah, and I think for me, I I don't really, I, I often kind of don't really consider the supply chain. I don't, I don't either. Yeah, <laughs> so if I'm being honest, I think no. this will hit us in ways that we never expected. I remember, um, I remember last year, um, cauliflower was terribly expensive because mm. of not not because of a tariff, but you know something that was happening in Mexico. I think right. And it was like it was like seven fifty or eight dollars for a tiny little head of cauliflower, and I eat a lot of cauliflower, and uh, I was pissed. Right. And that was a, that was one of the first times where I was like, "Oh, it's not just magic that makes yeah. all my vegetables appear on the shelf." There is, uh, yeah, there's a going lot. on at the beginning of the uh, yeah the supply chain, yeah, yeah. But I mean, buying local obviously is uh, definitely something we should all strive to do for sure. Yeah, um, I think so. Um, but uh, I don't know much about the economy, to be honest. So. What about um, philosophy? <laughs> um, maybe less. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I, if you're talking about it as, as, as like like yeah like an academic subject, I am. Yeah, I don't uh, know anything about that either. I have philosophies, especially around pizza. Right. <laughs> uh, what about like world history? <laughs> oh my god, I don't know anything. Yeah, wait. the more we think about what we know, why are we doing this podcast? We need to go to school. Uh, all right, upcoming deadline. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, non sequitur, perfect. All right, so um, Story Hive Documentary Filmmaker Edition is now open. Um, you've heard about this uh, in the last few episodes, um, but it's coming up quick, the deadline. So if you're a documentary filmmaker, you have a chance to get $50,000 to create a short documentary courtesy of Tell a Story Hive. Of course, you have to apply through the Story Hive platform, uh, which means you have to set up a profile and you have to um, add a bunch of stuff to this, to this profile uh, for your submission. It's not just as simple as writing a paragraph. Um, so definitely, if you haven't checked it out, 
uh, you should do because um, it's kind of done probably today, the day that you're listening. It's mm-hmm. Tuesday, mm-hmm. Uh, July 3rd at 1 p.m. Mountain Time. So uh, I think I think it's fair to announce that if you're listening to this and you're not like right on it as this is released, yeah. you missed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be hard to whip together the entire application. Yeah. Uh, so congratulations to everyone who applied. Um, yeah. We really hope that uh, that you get that money because uh, it's really exciting. And thanks to Storyhive for putting yet another amazing yes. project yeah, on. Yeah, and an exciting addition. And uh, and it continues the upswing of more money and more possibilities for yeah. filmmakers, which is very cool. Yeah, and it's a ton of money into this community that did not exist before totally. last week. So, totally. you know, that's awesome. Uh, still a couple days to submit to the Got a Minute Film Festival. This is a short film festival, one-minute films that are silent. That'll be appearing on transit uh, and uh, and, I guess... I don't know where else, just transit locations yeah. that have screens um, that could play a one minute film that makes sense uh, without any audio, obviously. So uh, the deadline to submit uh, is July 5th uh, and FAVA members and youth can submit for free. Non-members are $15 and I believe it is appearing, as I've said before, not just in Edmonton uh, transit locations this year, but also uh, Calgary. So that's that's exciting. I think what a, what a cool experience it would be if you're a, a filmmaker who takes transit to see your film on transit. It'd be sweet to like know where like where the screens are and like <laughs> yeah. try to make a film that was contextually ah yeah like but Ooh, you, you like don't even sort of meta you kind of only work for like one, one screen yeah. but uh, that'd be super fun. Interesting. Uh, we should do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. So the deadline is uh, fast approaching to apply uh, to have some sort of article or um, essay published in uh, the Luma Film and Media Art Quarterly. Uh, it's an online publication, and uh, this is for the November issue. They're looking for uh, unpublished finished works or pitches uh, that aim to expand critical dialogue. So that, that can be um, critical essay, you know, written. Uh, video, photo essays, news, uh, reviews, or talking about events or interviews, reflections. Um, the the only kind of caveat is that they must address culturally relevant film and media art productions um, or events or ideas. And of course, they give preference to Western Canadian writers and topics. Uh, the deadline for that, as I mentioned, is coming up uh, quickly. It is July 15th. Uh, they are paying an honorarium of 200 bucks. Uh, and you can go to lumaquarterly.com for more information. And media puts on a uh, festival of media arts, uh, which is a three-day kind of conference uh, and festival uh, called Particle and Wave, and it's happening January 31st to February 2nd, and uh, it is open to submissions right now for recent media artwork from filmmakers and uh, and visual artists, um, and it's a very cool, constantly evolving and growing uh, conference uh, following ever ever-changing technological processes. Uh, and to preview the festival, you can go to mmedia.ca, and they are on the hunt for media art exhibitions and installations, individual short films, videos or animations, and live audio visual performances. So check out mmedia.ca to find out more. Again, that deadline is uh, January 15th. This is something cool that we've never talked about on the podcast. I've actually never really heard about it too much before, or if at all, really. Um, Justice for Real. Have you heard of this? No. Um, it's it's a creative lab and workshop uh, that happens in Edmonton. Um, it's actually really cool. So it's uh, it's the John Humphrey Center for Peace and Human Rights it has partnered with the NFB and uh, Grant McEwen University, and they're hosting this thing called Justice for Real. Uh, and it's the number four, and the word real is spelled R E E L. Uh, so Justice for Real Creative Lab and Film Festival. So it's happening uh, December sixth to eight uh, in Edmonton, and uh, it's a three day event that brings together a team of ten to twelve filmmakers 
from across the prairies and territories. And what you'll be doing is learning, collaborating, and creating media uh, designed for social change. So part of it is skills building workshops. Uh, it's got mentorship opportunities, uh, film screenings, and of course, you'll be able to share ideas with innovative storytellers and filmmakers from across Canada. So they are accepting uh, at the moment 500 to 1500 word pitches on themes of justice, dignity, and human rights. Uh, and those are due if you want to participate in this thing uh, until July 15th. Uh, and of course, you should be a filmmaker who's interested in learning, collaborating, and creating media for social change. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. The Honorable Melanie Jolie, Minister of Canadian Heritage, uh, has been really active in getting filmmakers and, and artists, yeah. um, you know, creating new partnerships with with outside the country, um, especially China, as we've learned right. recently. Um, and now uh, she has announced the implementation of a new creative export strategy with an investment of $125 million over five years. Existing programs will see an increase in export funding. Additional resources for creators abroad will be made available at key embassies and consulates, and Creative Export Canada uh, will receive a new $7 million per year export funding program. So that, I mean... Uh, I don't know how much of that is going to be for film, but I'm sure a slice of it will be accessible, um, which is very exciting because, mm -hmm. you know, we we often, uh, well, actually, you know, in recent years, we've lost our export market grant yes, here in yes, Alberta that, yes. we, that we've had. Um, Ampia has kind of stepped up occasionally when they can to create uh, some coverage for that. But yeah, the ability to go to a, a new country or a new place and, and try to create new uh, partnerships as well as... Um, sales for you know your films or whatever kind of creation uh, that you're looking to partner or sell uh it's just uh, a hard thing to do so certainly this is exciting i, I hope it, i hope it means uh lots of positive things for filmmakers especially because uh there's a lot of things under the heritage heading yes um so we'll see what happens yeah right on uh, if you listened to last week's episode with cowboy smith x um you, you would have heard us talk all about noirfoot labs um, and that is something that is happening probably right now, if, if you listen to this pretty, uh, pretty quickly after it comes out. So it's happening up in Grand Prairie, July 4th to 8th um, this year. And it's, uh, it's kind of a cool, you know, two day workshop followed by three days of, of actual filmmaking. Making a film, yeah. Um, yeah, it's run by, by Cowboy um, and Aaron Bernakovich and, and a bunch of other amazing filmmakers. Um, and a great way to immerse yourself in the craft of filmmaking. Um, and if you're a new filmmaker, uh, discover if this is actually maybe something that you want to do. Um, yeah, and he, and he did yeah. mention that he's planning on doing more. So yeah, if you've, yeah, if you've absolutely. Missed this one, um, and it's not just for youth. It's not just for no, Aboriginals. It's, and it's not it's just for, for new filmmakers yeah. either. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's kind of it is for everybody. And it sounds I'm I'm kind of jealous now after hearing about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so there, there's a link to the Facebook page, uh, in the show notes, you know, if it's the third or, or if you're near Grand Prairie, you want to get up there and, and just check it out. Um, I'm sure you can get in touch with them to do so. Uh, so check out their Facebook page and, uh, and go from there. Uh, we've mentioned this before, but quickly, uh, the, uh, the, the man in Alberta, I believe who is pretty well known, pretty much the go-to guy when it comes to using firearms, um, in your film, Greg Ock is, uh, uh, doing a firearm safety level one course over at IATSE. Um, and it is, uh, looks like it's available to anyone, uh, for $40, um, happening on the seventh. Um, uh, so coming up right away here. Yeah, I think it is, it is available to anyone. Cause if you think about who they're saying it's ideal for production managers, actors, right. 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 So yeah, people not necessarily in IATSE, in IATSE yeah. but, but definitely people who are as well. Um, so check out the link in the show notes for more information on that and, uh, and check that out. Uh, another workshop by Etsy's putting on, uh, this weekend is the color theory workshop. Uh, it's from 10 AM to 4 PM on the 8th uh, and it's being put on, put on by Gail Kennedy and Kalina Conrad. 
that's happening in IATSE downtown Calgary. Uh, and you, it's $20 if you're a member, $40 if you're a permit. Uh, and I get a link to that in the show notes. Cool. Uh, I am uh, tabbed out. So just one moment the, here while uh, I talk the about CS- the CSI yeah. Sonomer Media Arts Camp. <laughs> 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 CSAF holding, of course, their uh, their wonderful uh, summer media arts camp. I don't shut up about it, but this was kind of my first foray into film uh, and uh, coming from Edmonton to Calgary to uh, attend it. I can tell you that it was well worth that trip, and uh, and it's it's a really cool experience. Uh, it's changed a bit now, and Yvonne Abuso is the is the instructor. Um, but I've been to some of the screenings, and I've seen some of the kids doing the work, and they seem to be having a blast. So. Uh, and not to mention, they are so far advanced. Like these, these are kids growing up with a camera. Oh my god, it's a totally times. different. Yeah, special effects. You know, YouTube. They like it is a different paradigm. Um, and they, you know, the stuff they can do is just unbelievable. So, uh, it's a cool um, opportunity to empower uh, the youth uh, person in your life uh, or yourself if you're a youth person. It's three hundred and twenty dollars for CSIF members, uh, students, and non-members. So, uh, it's it, and it's only for people ages fifteen to eighteen. Um, to right. get a, to dive into the filmmaking process over a full week, Monday to Friday. And, uh, of course, upon completion of the film, uh, it will be premiered at a gala screening at the CSIF where participants and the public are invited to attend. Trey Cool. Check out the link in the show notes. Trey Cool. That's Rick Garbett. That is Rick Garbett. Trey yes. Cool. IATSE <laughs> uh, is hosting an introduction to sound for film and television, a single-day workshop jam-packed look at the process of sound recording so it's from 8 a.m to 5 p.m on the 19th of july that is a thursday Mm. and uh it's it's going to be at iatsi uh again downtown calgary Um, topics to be covered will be preparing for your first day on set department responsibilities and hands-on with the gear of course, uh, it's also an opportunity to talk with working sound engineers, share ideas, and ask questions. Beneficial to anyone wishing to get an understanding of what the sound department does, as well as essential to becoming a member in the department. Pre-registration is required. You can't just show up. Uh, and it's open to those that have submitted applications to be part of the sound department. It's only $50 for an entire full-day workshop. Wow. It's amazing. Uh, and a link to that in the show notes as well. Or check out IATSE212. That's I-A-T-S-E 212.com. And what's shooting in Alberta? The eye of URM, I believe, continues uh, in production. Um, yeah. Unless, oh, I guess when this comes out, it might be done. It might be wrapped yeah. just now, yeah. So if they're wrapped, congratulations. Uh, Tin Star, of course, trucks on all summer long uh, until August. Um, and Black Summer uh, is going to be shooting. Uh, that's the Netflix series that yeah. uh, a lot of people seem to be jumping on board. Um, that's shooting from July 16th to September 28th. And of course, Heartland uh, reduced season this year, but also still shooting until uh, September 28th. Okay, job calls. We talked about this uh, last week, but uh, I want to bring it up again. Of course, uh, RDC Red Deer College is creating a new uh, program uh, specifically for um, animation and visual effects. uh, And it's a Bachelor of Applied Arts program. And they are looking for uh, someone to help them build the curriculum, basically. So the School of Creative Creative Arts is seeking a full-time, which is nine and a half month long sessional character animation instructor to teach and develop curriculum uh, in this uh, Bachelor of Applied Arts and Animation and Visual Effects program. So um, you'll facilitate students' ability to employ principles of storytelling into the animated performance of their digital characters. You'll emphasize the importance of story. um, So you'll be having a lot of storytelling courses and you'll guide students in the development of the necessary skills to make audiences emotionally invested. Mm. Just think about Pixar and you'll be there. Yeah, that's right. Or DreamWorks. You know, How to Train Your Dragon is one of the best animated films ever. It's a good point. It's a good point. 
Uh, anyway, we don't have to fight about studios. The character animation <laughs> specialist will teach basic fundamentals such as the 12 principles of animation, introductory awareness to acting, uh, awareness of real world physics, timing, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. A uh, lot to know about this one. Um, you got to be a graduate degree in relevant discipline or animated animation mentor training. Uh, you got to know Maya. You got to know uh, Motion Builder. Yeah, so there's no close date. I think they're going to keep this open until they find the person that is perfect for the job. Uh, you can find the link to this posting in the show notes uh, or check out um, employment.rdc.ab.ca and uh, f- just navigate to find this position. Uh, have you ever heard of Chatterbox Theater? I think I have. Have you? It's, it rings uh, a bell. It's uh, not what I thought it was, um, and I think I'm in the wrong place. I was like, I was like, here's here's what it is, but I think the Google search took me to the wrong place. Based in <laughs> based in Memphis, Tennessee, I was like, mm. check it out. I, I think this might be the wrong mm. thing. But something called Chatterbox Theater is uh, in need of assistance through the Calgary Arts Development Program, uh, and they are looking for a volunteer filmmaker to help create a pitch movie for the Chatterbox Theater concept. Uh, potential market and benefits during our next crowdfunding campaign, they say. The current position is a volunteer one. They are currently working to build their partnership with local artists and professional organizations. It offers a great opportunity for a future collaboration with Chatterbox Theater Society, uh, which is a nonprofit organization incorporated in Alberta, not hey. Memphis, Tennessee. Hey, there we and go. And located in Calgary South, the organization is dedicated to entertaining and educating young audiences and their families based on innovative theatrical concept and offers support to local artists and communities of Calgary in the communities of Calgary and Okotoks. Through the mission, they uh, are more than a theater. They're dedicated to delivering meaningful theatrical experience to young audiences through inter uh, through interaction and humor. So this is uh, this is just a theater company. Uh, yeah. I was like, maybe it's like a podcast thing. Maybe it's related to oh, us in some way. Oh, oh, I oh. Was, I, I always thought that it was like a little mini theater, like Nurbox It must theaters. be. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, no, no, no. no but but it must be a theater yeah. company. Yeah. yeah. And maybe growing up, you've heard of them? or, or Maybe, yeah. Uh, but the more we talk about it, the less I feel like right, I actually right. know what they are. <laughs> so do your own research, yeah. folks. We're not the authority on this. So I'm going to take a bit of a tangent right here. Do it. Because this is, this is a volunteer position right as in work for free for us yes um and there's a lot of advice about working for free floating around the community Mm -hmm. and uh what i know people love is unsolicited advice (laughs) so that's what i'm going to give right now Uh, i'm going to give the advice yeah well advice in 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 a form of a question to you matt Mm, okay should you work for free uh i think you have to evaluate every opportunity uh and and consider that uh I think I think this is something everybody at all times should do uh, is consider what what success or compensation in this case means to you, uh, and if uh, if if making a lot of money is success for you, I don't I don't fault you at all. That's that's great. Uh, financial freedom is a wonderful goal, and that's if that's what success is for you, that's that's fantastic. But if success for you is supporting an organization like Chatterbox Theater, um, if you have a belief in in theater and and uh, the power of of what they're doing, uh, or if you find value in the connection to the fact that this is being put on by Calgary Arts Development, which is a source of financing for projects or or you know future career development. Um, there are other, you know, routes to uh, compensation uh, in this particular opportunity. So, uh, uh, I think there's, I think every every opportunity is worth evaluation, and if it's not right for you, it's not right for you. That's a great answer. That's a much better answer than I was going to give. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for queuing me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I think you know if if you're thinking of starting a, a, a you know corporate video company, or you know adding that aspect to your portfolio. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's tough to get started uh, and charge a fair uh, price for a video like that. Uh, and it makes it easier if you have something to show. That's another that good can show point, what yeah. kind of work you do. For sure. And sometimes that means uh, doing something for free. Uh, guess what, folks? Here's an opportunity to do just that. So yeah, my answer was yes, you should work for free. Right. Um, but I and think yeah, you your a, answer was better, but mine was a short answer. You make yes. a good point. And I think uh, Road West Pictures, our friends over at Road West Pictures, uh, sort of made theater their uh, niche. Yes, yes. Um, and I think that that's how they kind of spun out and became a, a larger company. And they do all sorts of stuff. But but I, I know that they have a theater connection. So their, their members have theater backgrounds. So they use that to their advantage to start this company. So so maybe that can be done again here. Or maybe it's just a thought of like, you know what? I uh, I work in automotive. I, I'm a mechanic and I could start my own company in that world yeah. by starting out by doing some yeah. free videos for my old boss or the company they used to work for or whatever it is um, and, you know, create a little, you know, collection of two or three videos that you, you did for free. Like you said, I'm just repeating it. No, um, no, it's good. No. Uh, you've got, and then you've got something to share. Yeah. And, and it, it strikes me that this is actually an organization that is looking to, to, to have that kind of a project. And what I mean by that is like, if you're, if you're just trying to get some free, some free videos made for a company, um, sometimes that means basically cold calling a company that might not really think that they need videos or they might not care. Um, even if it's free. So the kind of relationship you would have with a client like that um, might not be the kind of client uh, customer relationship that you would want to start on um, because they might not be engaged with you. They might not really care. But here's a company that does care that wants to start that kind of a relationship. So even just from a client management perspective, this is probably something worth, um, you know, cutting your teeth on for sure. Yeah. And I think it's important to read between the lines, right? Like, yeah. like that, especially since it's being put on through Calgary Arts, Arts Development. This isn't the kind of thing they put out a lot, or at least not what we've no. seen. So this could be a, a unique opportunity. Yeah. Um, just don't work for exposure. <laughs> right. That's no, the only thing. Yeah. Expo totally fair to say exposure bucks are not the thing. Exposure bucks yeah, are bullshit um, yeah. for sure um, because you can get more exposure by just doing your own videos and posting them yeah, on YouTube. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, but this, yeah, this seems like a, a, a different beast yeah for sure uh okay the the calgary international film festival it has multiple job postings open right now because that festival is kicking off in september so go to calgaryfilm.com slash join dash our dash team they're looking for uh cashiers guest yeah, relations assistants stuff. fleet coordinators fleet assistants artistic director um an usher or many ushers etc cetera, etc cetera. so uh They'll also be looking for people for logistics coordinator, technical assistants, bartender supervisors, uh, and those posts will be coming soon. The deadlines to apply for these are um, early, mid-ish mid July or later, um, but something worth checking out presently. So uh, get on that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a cool one. And now we arrive at the last section of the show, the recommendation section that neither of us have ever prepared never for. Prepare because anymore. we just never learn. <laughs> We well, just it's so far learn. away when we start the news, it's like, ah, ah we'll just 15 go. 15 minutes we'll from now. Who yeah. needs to prepare? <laughs> yeah. 22 minutes in this case. Uh, so uh, I will, I will, based on the fact that we're recording this before the <laughs> weekend and that it'll be coming out on Tuesday. So happy Canada Day. I hope you had a good weekend. I'm going to say, I, I recommend camping. Oh my God. You're such a. Uh, I'm going to try to think positive <laughs> and say I had a great time camping. In Radium Hot Springs, which is, <laughs> of course, going to be raining the entire time, I'm sure. Oh, so. my God. Yeah. Uh, we're sitting we're sitting in, in Nat's <laughs> kitchen right now. and With just camping goods. I, I, I asked him earlier this week, what are you doing for the weekend? And he said, I'm going camping. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I love camping. So it's just, yeah, it's so yeah. funny. And then I walk in today and there's like coolers and sleeping bags and, and tents and, and like a shovel. <laughs> 
what are you going to be doing with that shovel? You don't want to know. Oh my god, amazing! <laughs> um, is it that kind of is it like backcountry? Yeah, camping? man, it oh, is. It is like shit. it's not even a campground. That's why I'm. Yeah, that's why I'm oh, not super pumped. Amazing, but oh, like so that's what the shovel's for. Yeah, we were having wow. we were having a conversation last night. We had a little meeting <laughs> with some people, and uh, and uh, Britt and 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 her friend are talking about well, oh, well, sleeping arrangements. Like, well, yeah, tents are so small. You know, they say four man, and it's always two man. But and then like, and where could we put our tent? And will this will this fit in the tent the 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 mattress thing and and i'm like you know what guys i actually pay rent on a house <laughs> that has a bedroom All these and things. a roof it's pretty sweet we could stay there <laughs> it's a little bit of a hike from radium but, <laughs> yeah it's true yeah, but, it's true yeah it doesn't have the uh the proximity that, that that's true that's so funny so what about you um uh, we had a conversation with actra yesterday um and and they're just such wonderful people over mm-hmm. there mm-hmm um, so I'm going to recommend if you've got a project um, that requires actors mm-hmm. to get in touch with Actra and do it early. Um, yeah, we're shooting in September, and I still felt like like I we was, were a little I bit behind late. on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. I know, I know from based on horror stories that they've told us that we're not too late. Um, yeah, yeah. Because people will like get in touch the week before they go to camera. Yeah, but just do it as yeah. soon as you possibly can, even if you're thinking about shooting. Just just, just call. call them. Yeah. 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 We actually did that with Synapse. We haven't actually made Synapse yet, but we yeah, got in touch with them. Right. Uh, and it was that's a great right. learning experience yeah. um, for sure because they're like, oh, this looks like it's got stunts in it. And I'm like, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. It has lots of stunts in it. Um, so, yeah, they're, you know, they're great to talk to. They are, they are partners in your production. They really are. They're, they are. Their job is to set you up for success. Um, and of course they've got, you know, the best, the best talent in the, in the province and the country and they're all in Alberta and part of Actra. Absolutely. So, um, and I think a point Tina makes a lot is, is that, um, if you are, if you have a goal to be, uh, a Hollywood filmmaker or work on a, work on TV yeah, shows, like a full-time cre- filmmaker create feature yeah. films or, like, or TV or yeah, whatever you're going to have to learn this stuff. Yes. Like that's, this is not negotiable. So, uh, so even though we're kind of playing in a, in an area that's like, wow, we got, we get to make a film or it's a short film or, or it's no big deal. It's, it's a one day shoot. What, why do we need, why do I need to do all this paperwork? Um, you're going to need to in the future anyway. Um, and, and you may as well start off on, on the right foot with actors. Totally. And then, you know, that even boils down to a short film, you know, you're, you're mentoring a story high project that is, that has decided to go actor. And I, I, and they're having a lot of trouble just because they are, they don't know this world at all. It's true. So there's a learning curve there. And, uh, you know, I applaud them for getting started this early in their careers because it's just going to make the next one so much easier. For sure. Exactly. So my recommendation is to, uh, give Tina and Donna a ring and say, Hey, I've got a, a project that I'm thinking about or, I'm going to camera. Um, let's chat. And even if you don't end up going with Actra, um, at least you've started to make a relationship with those folks. Absolutely. Okay. Well, that's it. That's all for this week. Um, yeah. Thanks to Briar, uh, as always, for for putting scouring the internet and and every single e newsletter and uh, you know every tweet that you can to put this news together for us. Um, Chad, who wrote the score, yes, that you hear. Britt, who designs uh, the the key art for the for the podcast, as well as um, every time you see a photo, that's that's Britt's work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, putting the the blue overlay yeah. on top. Yeah, we never really talk about that, but yeah, it's yeah. it's a cool frame that gives us a, a, a different image every time. Yeah, which is it, still, yeah, but it's still eye-catching and on yeah, brand. Yeah. yeah, I really like that. And uh, Seth, who who edits this podcast together. Hi, Seth. <laughs> Thanks for doing this, Hi, man. Hi, Seth. 
but if we missed anything, uh, or if your event uh, wasn't listed, uh, or, or if you'd like to uh, let the community know anything at all, let us know. You can reach us at hello at abfilmcast.ca, uh, and you can also find us on all the social media platforms virtually uh, at abfilmcast. And if you subscribe to us on uh, iTunes, uh, take a moment and uh, rate us five stars. That helps us out yeah, in, absolutely. in a big way. And it helps new filmmakers find the podcast as yeah. well. Uh, and of course, huge thank you to our sponsors this year. Um, they're great partners. We, we're really enjoying working with them. Uh, and that leads us to our final sponsor message from the Alberta Post-Production Association. So have a listen to that. And after you're done, go, go make something. The Alberta Filmmakers Podcast is proudly sponsored by APA, the Alberta Post-Production Association. APA represents technical and creative professionals working behind the scenes in editing, sound, and visual effects. Our members live here in Alberta and support producers with expertise in picture editing, color grading, graphic design, compositing, audio post, music scoring, and so much more. For more information about post-production, visit APA online at albertapost.org.